0: Well, there you have another episode of Straight out of Combat Radio, Audio Medicine by Green Zone Hero. This particular guest, United States Army Veteran, actually served in the Marine Corps and the Air Force before he made it to the Army. Um, had an event that happened to him a little while ago. He saw a person broken down on the side of the road with a flat tire. and that person just so happened to be general retired General Colin Powell. This is Chef Mad Dog Maggart. He also goes by Tony. And uh, it's a great episode. He is definitely an interesting guy with some great holistic viewpoints about food and about life. And uh, I really enjoyed having him here on the show. And I think you will too. Your steely eyed killer, shadow in the
1: night. You were born to fight. You got a
0: life. My name is John Krotek, and I want to welcome you to Straight Out of Combat Radio, audio medicine by Green Zone Hero. We're here to honor the wisdom of America's most valuable asset for combat veterans. We're authentic, we're empowering, we're American.
1: Save us all before they burn it down.
0: Our guest today for this episode of Straight Out of Combat Radio is U.S. Army veteran Anthony Maggart also known as Chef Mad Dog Maggot. We're going to get to that here in a second. Tony served the United States of America for 28 years, and he holds not one, but two master's degrees. He joined the U.S. Army after high school at the ripe age of 17. His tour actually took him to 63 different countries in total. So, you know, evidently he did get to see most of the world. In 2011, while in Afghanistan, he contracted flesh-eating bacteria, and as a result, had to have his leg removed in 2014. I can assure you it has not stopped Mad Dog. He also did two tours, actually three tours in Iraq. He retired in 2018. He's currently attending the Institute of Culinary Education in New York. Now, here's what I like about Mad Dog. I did have the opportunity to talk to him a couple of times before this, but he has an interesting approach to the culinary arts. You know, he's definitely about the food. We get that, but he's also about what that food does to your mind and your body. And we're going to hear more about that today, but anyhow, thank you for being here. Mad dog. Welcome.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's awesome. How are you guys doing out there?
0: You know, we're doing good. You know, we, we were just talking about the weather and, Mad Dog saying, you know, it's like forty five degrees up here in DC, but I called my sister over in Indiana and it's like fifty below. So I'm down here in seventy degree weather. I think I can do okay.
1: Beautiful. Spread that around, man. Send it across the country, man. We need it. <laughs> I'm
0: sending it up that way. So we're gonna get we're gonna get the mad dog story with the beard and the food and all that. But you know what? Before we get there, tell us about growing up in your house and, and, you know, who were your mentors, you know, what led you to join the U S army at such a young age?
1: Oh, so, so the entire story, I ultimately retired out of the army and I enlisted in the Marine Corps um, when I was 17. But, uh, so I had a bunch of buddies in high school and I was, uh, I was a poor kid growing up. And so I didn't really have any plans like after high school. So I was like, Oh, okay. I'll, uh, I'll join the Marine Corps. But the uh, the funny thing is, is uh, I was actually a high school dropout. Um, I dropped out of high school, and I had uh, some family friends that uh, encouraged me to drop back in. So I dropped back in, and you know, uh, finished high school and uh, joined the Marine Corps, and I did that for four years. And uh, and after I got out of the Corps, I finished my. Uh, I went to Southern Illinois University, finished my undergrad degree, and uh, and. I commissioned in the Air Force. And so I was just chilling in the Air Force. And in 2005, they were like, getting rid of a ton of people. And I didn't know what to do. And I was like, I better do something, you know, before I get cut. And uh, I was just gonna leave. I didn't want to do the military thing anymore. But my wife was like, No, no, you should keep going. So I called up the army. And uh, they were like, heck, yeah, you're already trained, man. We'll give you a bunch of money, man. Come on over. And I was like, (laughs) Well, that sounds cool. Why not? You know? So um, I was like, I don't know anything about the Army. I only know about the Marine Corps and the Air Force. And so <laughs> then I went. I was in the Army at that point. That's um, a
0: great story, man. So, you know, SIU, where is that? Carbondale? Yeah, Southern... Yeah, Carbondale.
1: Mm-hmm. Animal House. That's uh, <laughs> The movie Animal House is based off of S.I.U.
0: Yeah, I, I remember that, and, uh, I'm, and I remember driving through there. It seemed like a pretty rowdy place, actually. Yeah, it's a good time for sure. So, what was your what was your specialty? You know, actually, I gotta tell you, Mad Dog, you're like the first person that I've met that was that's been in three branches of the service. So, uh, first time on Straight Outta Combat Radio, right here, Mad Dog Maggert, three different branches of the service. So thank you for that. What was was your expertise? What did you do?
1: So in the Marine Corps, um, I was crash crew. I was a 7051. So uh, I was actually open contract, right? Like that recruiter was, that was the best day ever when I went through his door. Um, I would be like, oh man, I don't know. I'll just do whatever you want me to do. And, uh, oh, that was perfect for him. And uh so you're I was hanging out with your boot camp. I didn't know what I was gonna do and uh they're like, Hey, you're going to Texas and I'm like, Cool, I've never been to Texas, what am I gonna do there? And I showed up and they were like, Hey man, you're gonna be an aircraft firefighter I was <laughs> like, Oh, cool. Uh, <laughs>
0: so okay, what, I what, was, what doing. So what was what was basic training like in Marine Corps for you?
1: Um you know it it was cool. I I didn't have any money. Um so it was like, hey man, these guys are going to give me food and a place to stay. Like this is really cool, man. I'm, like I'm glad you guys are hooking me up. Um and so I was really kind of hanging out. Like there was a ton of people that were freaked out by the entire thing. You know, all the yelling and chaos, you know. I mean, um I think uh, R. Lee Ermey pretty much, you know, did a a great job, you know, on Full Metal Jacket, putting it all together. Um, So that's really kind of what it's like. Um, So, but for me, it was like, man, this is not too shabby. You know, (laughs) I don't have to uh, do much. I'm getting food. You know, three hops in a cot. This is pretty righteous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty cool, man. I, I, I love that attitude, and I'm sure that some of that attitude is why the the name mad dog came around but we'll get there so so you so you're in the marine corps you get out then you go you get your college degree you get commissioned in the air force you get out now you're in the army what are you doing in the army
1: well so i retired from the army um june 28th of uh, of last year so uh so the majority of my entire time, I had been writing contracts for the government. So I was a contracting officer. So, you know, for uh, for all the, the – the military doesn't make anything. They've never made an airplane, um, a gun, a tank, a Jeep, none of that. They always need contractors to do that. And so I'm the guy who writes the contract for those contractors um, to do the work that the government needs.
0: That's pretty interesting. What was the biggest if you can't you know, what was the biggest contract you did? Oh, uh, we did a
1: really tiny thirty two billion dollar rocket program. <laughs> Gosh.
0: Ah, oh, what do you mean tiny, so, man? That's that's like more money than than you know, half the world. <laughs> that's pretty big. That's
1: crazy. It's crazy, right? It was it was so big that Congress stepped in and they were like you can't do this. Um, you need to form an entire another company. So Boeing and Lockheed got together and they formed another company called United Launch Alliance, um, and that's down in uh, Decatur, Alabama. And so, yeah, it's pretty massive.
0: <laughs> so, so
1: what? <laughs> it was always about doing large contracts like that, you know.
0: It must have been pretty interesting. So, when you were deployed to combat zones, you know, what was? The- what was that like? Did you know why you were there? Were you still writing contracts? Or were you actually there? Yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. So I was doing um, a lot of expeditionary contracting, so um, when they need roads built, um, any, any sort of infrastructure, things like that, they they get a hold of you know me, and then you know, I go out there and you know put the contract together with the locals and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of time out on the streets and stuff outside the wire.
0: Was there anything that happened to you in any of those combat environments that that's that's you know struck or stuck out to you? Any kind of lesson learned, or what was the weirdest thing, or the goofiest thing, or the dang, most dangerous thing that ever happened?
1: Oh man, you know, I mean, for all of us military folks, I mean, there, there's there's all kinds of crazy stuff that's going on, you know, when you're out on the streets. Um, and Baghdad and stuff like that. It's, it's nuts, man. It's haywire. It's like everything that the news shows, like you're there and you're living it, you know, and, and you're making that happen. So, um, craziest thing. I don't know. Outside of getting flesh eating bacteria and your leg rotting off. I mean, that was pretty wild. Um, but I think probably since this is combat radio, uh, you know, probably one of the hardest things is seeing folks around you getting injured. Um, Seeing seeing all your brothers and sisters, you know, um, get wounded. So all those things, you know, they touch you. Um, for me being an officer and when you're a commander, um, it, it's tough when you have to make those kinds of phone calls, you know, calling back home and letting, you know, family members know that their loved one got injured. So I think all those things are kind of tough. I mean, outside of seeing people getting blown up and things like that, I mean, dude, that's what the environment's about, you know. Um, those are the things that you see, so it's all part of the job.
0: Yeah. And it's a tough job, too. So, you know, you deployed several times. So when you got back to the States, you just retired last year. But when you got back to the States and you started to go through transition, did you? was it a good transition? Were you having – I mean, what was it like transitioning? Um. Well,
1: I think I still in transitioning, you know. I mean, I, I don't really, like, know – fully like what do you do with yourself you know when you're retired and you know you have uh, money coming in and you're you know everything's really kind of paid for or whatnot so um i'm still wondering like what am i supposed to do with myself what direction am i supposed to go you know so um it so it's starting to get really boring i think <laughs> I, I gotta find something to do so this whole this whole uh Colin Powell thing is like opened up a lot of cool opportunities and I got talent agencies that are reaching out to me now. Um and so tons of really wild stuff is going on. Yeah, that. that's
0: we didn't really mention that, but that did that happened what, last week? You actually uh Yeah, last you pulled over, there was a car on the side of the road. Tell us about it.
1: Yeah, so uh I was on my way to Walter Reed go uh get a new foot or whatnot there's somebody on the side of the road and I'm like, Oh man, somebody's on the side of the road, man. I should pull over and help them out. But as I got closer to the vehicle, I'm like, that was familiar. Holy cow. That looks like general Colin Powell. And I didn't know that it was general Colin Powell. So when I got out, um, I pointed right at him and I said, you're general Colin Powell. He said, yes, I am. And I was like, Oh sweet, man. I'm so glad I got that right. Cause it could have not been him, you know? Um, and so I said, Hey, let's go out here and change your tire. And he said, why should I let you change my tire? I said, well, you can wait around for a two-legged guy to change your tire, but you've got a one-legged guy willing to help you right now. And he's like, oh, yeah, cool, fair enough, man. Let's just get to it. And so we just jumped in and changed the tire.
0: What kind of car was it? Was it was it, was it hard to change?
1: Um, you know, he had already done a lot of work on it, you know? So... Uh, most of the, most of the lug nuts were already loose, you know, so I think I only had like one or two lug nuts that were, you know, pretty tight, you know, that I jumped in there and, you know, loosened up a little bit. So it was probably about an 80, 20 effort, you know, maybe 90, 10, (laughs) like I did 10% of the effort and that guy is a beast, you know? So, um, I always want to stay on his good side. So yeah, he uh, he did the majority work, you know, already.
0: Yeah. He's got a pretty interesting story if you read about, you know, son of immigrants, you know, like we're mostly all descendants of immigrants, but he, uh, he actually signed some of my orders when I was in the service. I got inducted into that into the oh, Audie. Yeah, the Audi Murphy Club out in Forcecom Fourth Infantry Division, and nice. I was just an E five, and he signed the orders on. It was pretty cool, but uh, that's an yeah. awesome story, man. And you know, it just goes to show you, it pays to be nice to people.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what it's really all about in life, you know? It's just like reaching your hand out and stuff, you know, help folks out where you can.
0: Well, that's pretty cool, mad dog. So tell us about the name Mad Dog and then let's get to your current activities. You know, what you do? Um,
1: yeah, like people people started calling me Mad Dog when I was in the Marine Corps cuz uh I'm a I'm a pretty laid-back kinda guy. Um, but I was a pretty big dude when I was, uh, when I was in the Marine Corps. Um, and people, uh, people liked to fight me. Um, and so I, I learned how to box from a friend of mine who was a Golden Gloves boxer. His name was Todd a phenomenal guy. Um, and so I would set up so when people wanted, you know, when when people wanted to fight and stuff like that, I said, "Hey, well, we'll box. You know, we'll you know we'll see what, we'll or, we'll get it organized or whatever." And so, um, so I got involved in doing that, and so the Mad Dog thing just kind of stuck, and it was really just sort of something fun, you know. So I'd go out there and box people, and uh, you know, so that was really kind of a uh, a lot of fun, I guess. So, God, you <laughs> I mean, know. it was a game it it was a game changer on their end, but because uh, I never lost,
0: so. Well, what's what's kind of cool about us? Now, we haven't met in person, but when I when I look at a picture of you and I think, okay, Mad Dog Anthony, yeah, man, the Mad Dog fits. I'm telling you, the beard thing going yeah, Mad on, Dog Nactor, you know. that look in your eyes, you know, you know, you're the guy I want cooking my food. I tell you so seriously, uh, I'm I'm not joking, man. So so tell us about the Culinary Institute of Education. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so um. So as I was getting ready to, uh, get, uh, get out of the military, um, I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to get out. So three years before that, I was fishing around like, Hey, I'm going to get out. Dude, I really want to go to culinary school really bad, man. I just have this itch, man, that needs to be scratched. So I reached out to the Culinary Institute of America and they were like, Hey, uh yeah, we'd love to have you. And then you got to do like English 101 and, you know, beginning math and stuff. And I was like, well, that's really a cool story. But I've already got two uh, master's degrees. And so um I don't really think I need that. So when I reached out to a number of schools and talked to folks, um I called up the Institute of Culinary Education. And they were like, yeah, you know, you can do this weekend thing. And I was like, oh, I'm in D.C., so I will drive every single weekend from DC to New York. I'll leave on Friday and I'll come back on Sunday. That was my plan. And then I'll keep working during the week. So I literally had about eight months that I didn't have a day off. I was, I was doing stuff seven days a week. And so, um, culinary school, uh, just ended. So. That was a uh, it was a cool event and I'm really glad that it's over and I'm super stoked about my weekends now so I got to see where what weekend life is like not having to travel around.
0: That's pretty but cool. On the
1: whole, for culinary school, it's really epic. You know, um, when you have a skill set, when you know how to do something, but you learn how to do it professionally, um, I think it's really super rewarding. And so. You learn a lot of techniques, how to operate in the kitchen. And so I think all those things are pretty priceless, you know. So now it's a little easier because it's like, hey, Daddy, what's for dinner? And you're like, oh, yeah, I know what I can do. I can put anything together. So that's a a cool thing to do.
0: That is a cool thing to do. You know, so tell us about, you know, I know we talked a little bit about it last week. But, you know, you're all about the mind and the body and, you know, nutrition. And, you know, you're not just slapping stuff together. You're actually – you're thinking things out, which is, I guess, people and professional chefs do that. But you're you're like into the the holistic side of food too, aren't you? Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: So, so for me, when I got flesh eating bacteria, I started asking these doctors like, "Hey, how do you uh, how do you mitigate ever getting an infection like this again? You know, how do you keep the body you know healthy?" And I realized the doctors that I was asking were largely eating out of vending machines. So I'm like, well, maybe these cats aren't the right people to ask, you know? Right. So I started doing homework on my own. And then um, I started doing so much research. And that sort of led me down the road of, wow, check this stuff out. There's so many really cool things that you can do in the kitchen that like, things that like our grandparents and great grandparents were doing that we are starting to forget about and that we need to bring back those things because there's so much commercialized stuff. Now you can, you can go in any grocery store and you can get whatever you want. So these grocery stores are really like drug dealers, you know, they're like, Hey, man, whatever you want, man, I got the fix for you. You know, you want Doritos and stuff? I'll hook you up. No questions asked, you know, and you're getting a bag of Doritos. And so there's nothing stopping you from doing that. When I sort of found like in reality, like you could sort of switch that around and you could find all these really, really awesome foods and stuff Um, and you could put stuff together on your own. And so I was like, well, why not do that? Why not start to make things on your own? And you're going to get flavors that you cannot get just anywhere. You got to go out of your way. So, if, uh, if you're throwing down some African harissa, um, you can make that in your kitchen, no problem. So, you like, you go, you get some recipe, you can find the recipe online, get in your kitchen, take ingredients, throw it in the food processors, slap that stuff on um, some meats grill it up however you want saute it, and you're going to get a phenomenal food and you're not going to get flavor like that anywhere you're not going to get that at, you know commercialized places. it's just not going to happen so um these are all the kinds of things you could just sort of do on your own um so now that i've gone to culinary school you know and you chef it up or whatnot um it makes me just want to go out and do
0: more yeah you know the way you describe it just listening to you here Tony the way you're describing food is kind of like music then. Cause you know, I always couldn't figure out, you know, how do they keep making songs all the time for centuries over and over and over again, but they all sound different, kind of like food, you know, it sounds to me like it's endless.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. You're in Florida, you know? So, um, I grew up in Florida in West Palm beach. And so, um, you can get gator there, right? Right. You're not getting that anywhere, but, uh, I think it's cool, you know, if you take the time, you go out to the swamps and stuff like that, you're going to find these little hole-in-the-wall restaurants and stuff, and you're going to be able to get stuff like alligator, turtle, stuff like that. And, and dude, it's cool, you know, it's cool doing that. But like you mentioned, I've been to 63 different countries. Um, It's cool that you can go out there in the world and you can find all these great foods. And for me, it's like, I can't just come home and, go to Popeye's or McDonald's or something like that, man. Like, dude, like I really <laughs> desire something, you know, it's like that international flavor. So I, I want something that's different. and you know, I just like the the bigger flavors that are out there.
0: What was your, so, uh, what was your favorite country food wise?
1: Oh man. I, I couldn't even put my finger on it. Hey, let me tell you this though. Right. I'll tell you about one of the, the first experiences that I had. So um, I had never been out of the uh, states before, and I did my last year in the Marine Corps in Okinawa, Japan. So I'd never been out of the U.S. Um, so I go to Okinawa, and it was during a really tough time um, because some Marines had um, raped a schoolgirl, and so mm. uh, you weren't allowed to you weren't allowed to go out in town um, by yourself um, in the military. Um, you definitely couldn't go into a restaurant. You had to be escorted by a local, you know. And so I made I made friends with uh, some locals, and they took me out to a restaurant. And of course, I can't read anything on the menu, right? And I'm like, "What do you What do I want?" And they're like, "Oh, you <laughs> want this right here." So they bring out this like whole fish, and I'm like, "Yo, that thing looks awesome. Take it in the back and cook it up." And they're like, "This is how it comes, homeboy." And I was like, "Holy cow, man!" I'm going gonna, gonna to need a lot of beer, man, if I'm going to stay here for a year. And so that was really my first experience, and I, I'll never forget that, you know. Well, what kind um, of fish was so, it? Do you
0: remember what kind of fish it was? Just yeah, some...
1: it, was, it, was a red, it was a red snapper, and so they went and they filleted it right in front of me, and you start, like, picking off the fish and stuff and eating it with, you know, other sort of uh, pickled, you know, radishes and stuff like that. And so i was like, dude, this, this is a cool experience, you know. And so definitely not to forget. So that was a lot of fun.
0: Sounds like fun. So, you know, let me ask you this. You know, what, what is um what does freedom mean to you? Oh, you know,
1: um that that really is a great question. Um freedom freedom is something that we take advantage of every day, right? Um freedom it's it comes and goes. And, you know, you'll forget about all these things unless the media is presenting it to you. So and and when 9-11 happened, everybody was like, oh, yeah, you know, go Team USA. And, man, we support these troops and we're behind you guys 100 percent and stuff like that, you know. Yeah. Um, so here we are now. Right. We're in 2019. Do you see anything on the news about Iraq or Afghanistan? Is it all over the news now?
0: Pretty quiet, actually.
1: It's quiet, actually, right? Yep. But let me tell you something. It's not. I, I go to Walter Reed quite a bit. Um, they got guys that are still coming, guys and girls that are coming back from there um, all the time, and folks are still getting blown up. Um, people are still getting injured. Um, so I, there's a there's a guy that I go up there. I just saw him again today. His name is uh, Joey, and the guy is is in his 20s, married, has a uh, has a baby, and he goes to Afghanistan, gets his right leg blown off, his left leg is trashed, mm. and his entire world is forever changed. So that's what freedom is. That's the face of freedom. That that. Folks, young folks are still going out there and and serving our nation and still getting injured. And even when it doesn't hit the media, that these folks are still out there doing it and they're still serving this great nation. You know, so to me, um, there isn't really a face of freedom. You talk about freedom when it's in the news and when and when there's solidarity and when and when Americans bond together for an event. But the military folks are still out there doing it day in and day out in peace, and war. I mean, it just happens all the time for us, you know? And so I, I think that that's really a testament to what the American military is all about. So in good times and bad times, we're still there. We're still doing it. And so freedom to me, it's it's absolutely priceless. And so... I would hope that more of these folks would get a shout out, you know, get recognized. But we don't get recognized unless, you know, the media is, is behind supporting what's going on. But I love the fact that, you know, you still have men and women that are out there willing to serve. And so I think that that's
0: huge. Well, you know, that. thanks for pointing that out, because and you're so right, Mad Dog. You know, you know, when it's all in the media and everybody's, you know, singing Kumbaya, you know, and then my, how soon we forget and take things for granted all over again until it happens again. You know, it's yeah, I hear you. So thank you for pointing out and letting everybody know our listeners out there that there's still men and women, boys and girls. And, you know, younger people than us that are out there living it day in, day out. While we back here at home and the best, probably the best country in the world ever, you know, are enjoying, ever. you know, these freedoms. So, you know, if you you know, if you had something to say to the to the general civilian population about combat veterans because you know one of the reasons we do the show is to is to diminish the negative stereotype you know that that combat veterans are broken They're they got hair triggers they're ready to just blow shit up tell what do you want the civilians to know about combat veterans
1: absolutely not true you know, I don't I, I almost don't know what to say. I mean, why did they give us that sort of a stigma in the first place? Um and and I don't I don't really know why that is, you know. I would say if you want your company to make money, dude, hire a veteran. It's probably gonna be the best choice that you've ever made, you know? And um you know, having somebody who's military, you get you get instant out-of-the-box management somebody who's going to show up on time somebody who's going to work hard for you and dude they're gonna they're gonna perform phenomenally for you and so that's like like what we do so when when uh when people give this negative stereotype you know about the vets and stuff like that you know you're not getting ptsd just from going down range it comes in all different forms so I just think that I wish people were really more aware, you know, and I would hope that folks would go out there and that the stereotype could get changed to be like, you know what? Dude, look at these folks, you know, these military guys are doing phenomenal things, you know, and it's going to, you know, they're going to do quality work for you. So, yeah, I think the media is the one who's putting that out there. So I, I, I think so many people are so lucky, you know, that they're hiring vets and stuff.
0: Uh, good viewpoint so you know as a commanding army officer what would you tell let's just say a young person coming back male or female if they're in a bad bad place what kind of advice would you give to them as as an army officer but also as a human being
1: no no no. you got to, you got to do it as a friend you know what i mean it absolutely has nothing to do with rank because you can find yourself in a situation where you need help look general colin powell has a flat tire it's 30 degrees outside. He's all alone. It's like, dude, get out there and help somebody, you know? If somebody's having a bad day, dude, give them a hug. Buy them a beer. Buy them a cup of coffee. Take them out to eat, you know? I mean, go go out of your way. Because listen, here's the reality. We're not going to get out of this thing alive anyways, man. So take care of people while we're here.
0: That's a great bit of advice right there, Mad Dog. So, you know, I know you've got a famous quote. I mean, you've got these one-liners that are just killing it. Tell me about the bucket list yeah, yeah. quote. Tell me that quote i've re- read something about it.
1: oh, so I've really been saying this thing man if uh, if you don't know what altruism is, you're probably not doing it.
0: <laughs> I love that, man, you know, and then you said something about um that's a great quote by the way. you said something about you know i'm not I don't have a bucket list or something, I'm living it.
1: Yeah. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. uh, I don't have a bucket list, man, because it's absolutely too long. You know, I'm just like living it. I'm having I'm having a good time. So now I've had a bunch of producers and stuff like sort of reaching out to me. I hope more will reach out to me. I'm like, man, dude, I should do this thing. So, you know, (laughs) I I love to cook. I love getting I love getting in the kitchen. I'm thinking about a lot of things now. Um, um, I'm getting with some folks now and we're talking about hey, let's do something where we take vets and we train them how to cook and get them started and then get them started in their own food trucks and stuff like that. I said, dude, this would be a cool thing, so why why not do that, you know? Um,
0: That's an awesome so, idea, yeah.
1: Why not? But I'm sure that there's tons of folks that come back from downrange and, and the folks end up getting out. They're like, dude, what do I do? And, you know, I was one of those guys who I was highly addicted to being downrange. I, I just – I loved it there. I loved, I loved the feeling. It was, it it felt like being in the movies, but you were like there, you know? And so I always enjoyed it. And, you know, that's probably one of the reasons why I kept going back. And so, in fact, I was in Afghanistan last year as an amputee.
0: That's pretty cool. You know, well, that that part, but you know what I'm saying? You know, definitely enjoyed having you here, Mad Dog. In fact, it was a mutual friend that hooked us up, Adam Bird from Heroes Media Group that said, you know, you need to talk to my buddy. But, uh, You're, you're a great guy. You're doing a lot of interesting things that, you know, the one liners that are coming out of that head of yours are going to, you're going to write a short story book. I'm telling you just one liner quotes, but even more so you, you're going to touch so many lives through food. I just know it, you know, we're working on some projects, you know, with nutrition ourselves. And, but, you know, I know we're going to see and hear from you again in the future. Is there, yeah, I'd
1: like to. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear more. You know, I'm into doing all kinds of stuff. You know, lacto fermentation, things like that. You know, I mean, um, there's so much discussion now about uh, good gut bacteria and like how you can do that. And so these are the things that I'm writing about. And I'm realizing more and more just absolutely how easy it is. My uh, my son has a uh, a blood disease, and his nurse said yeah, you know, I would love to get into lacto-fermentation, but I just don't have um, the money to put into the invest into getting into that. And so, I said, you know what, dude, I'm going to show her how easy this thing is. You can do it just in a mason jar on your kitchen counter, man. All the thing you have to have is some old vegetables, and then 2% of the weight of the, those vegetables, and salt you and your lacto-fermenting. And wow. so, all that stuff is really phenomenal for your gut health. So, it doesn't cost much, you know. You just have to, like, reach back, they'd be like, hey, how did our grandparents do this, you know? And so um, I'm finding these things to to be very easy to do. There was a time when we didn't have refrigeration. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have television and radio. We didn't have any of that kind of stuff, you know? We've overcomplicated our lives with really what we should be doing and what we do in our neighborhood. All of our neighbors just hang out. We're always cooking together, hanging out and stuff like that. It's like, dude, get off of your device and go out there and live
0: love that. So, how do people get a hold of you, chef? Tell tell us how they hey. you know they want more information Yeah, or... I'm a
1: chef mad dog nagger. Yeah, I'm a chef mad dog nagger. I'm everywhere on every social media channel. So, if you look up Chef Mad Dog Nagger, you're going to get a hold of me. Go out there on the YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, everything. So, everything is under Chef Mad Dog Nagger.
0: What's your that's M A G G E R T. Yeah, what's your email address? Chef
1: Mad Dog Naggart at Gmail.
0: Perfect. See, so it's everywhere. Well, I gotta tell you, Tony, Mad Dog, you know, definitely a pleasure to have you here. I'm glad that you made it back safe to the state. You know, you're just uh, touching lives in ways that you don't even know, but it's it, it's a good thing and uh, proud to have you on the show, man. We got to get you back on. Let me ask you this. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. One more question, man. And uh, where do you see yourself? In five years, <laughs> I knew. Well, come back to me, Mad Dog. Come on, man. I know you got a plan. Oh
1: man, now, dude, my life is crazy. I was not expecting this life five years ago. You know? No.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, man. Where so, do you where do you see it, brother? Where do you see it five years from now? Where do you see Mad Dog?
1: Dude, I would like to see the brand out there, you know. Um, so we're gonna continue to put some stuff together. Uh, I I'd like to, I'd like to see the Chef Mad Dog Maggart name get out there, you know, and, and doing some stuff to put some programs together to get vets involved in and and put some cooking stuff together. See vets in uh, food trucks and stuff, and and cranking out good food and just like living a great life. I'm taken care of now. have I've I've done almost every more than I can imagine in life at this point, you know, so everything after this is just icing on the cake. So it's like, dude, I'm going to try to do my part, man, to go out there and just try to help folks out, you know? Yeah. I'd I'd like to see this name get bigger, you know, and and to get out there. And so folks can identify with, Oh yeah, you know, this is something that, you know, shines good light, you know, on the stuff that Vets and stuff are doing.
0: Awesome, man. Well, we're going to get this out soon. We'll have you out here on Heroes Media Group in, in about a week. and uh, cool, cool. Definitely appreciate you, brother. And uh, if there's anything we can do here brother. at Green Zone Hero, let us know because uh, we're behind you 110%. Thanks, Tony. Yeah,
1: I love it. So, yeah, keep up with me. Keep watching. Um, go on those social media channels and tell me what you want me to cook, and I'll, uh, I'll video the whole thing for you. Now.
0: I'm thinking something like frog legs, man, Louisiana frog legs. Come up with something, man. Let's do it.
1: Oh, Louisiana Frog Legs. Got you. I'm writing it down right now.
0: Let's I'll come up it. with something, man. We'll do it. We'll call it the Green Zone Hero Mad Dog Special Frog Leg Soup. I don't know. Whatever. You're the chef, man. I'm just a a guy.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Dude, I like it. You want to do a soup? We could definitely do that. That would yep.
0: be fun, man. We could do that. We can freaking brand that one. But uh, anyhow, again, hey, Mad Dog. A, uh,
1: so I'm thinking instead of a chicken gumbo, we'll do a frog leg gumbo.
0: That would be Awesome, man.
1: Who's done that? Nobody. I'm going to do it.
0: There you go, brother. So you got it going on. Like I said, Mad Dog, anything we can do here. Appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate you. And uh, for anybody listening out there and listening to Mad Dog's story, it it, it just goes to show you, and it pays huge dividends. When you can help somebody, it comes back to you tenfold. And so the next time you see somebody – on the side of the road, in trouble, in their car, flat tire, whatever, stopping it, give that person a hand. Mad Dog, I love you, man. Thanks for being here.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It was great. Hey, you guys spread the love. You got before they burn it down.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight of Combat Radio, audio medicine from Green Zone Hero. If you liked what you heard, then tell others about us, like us, and download us. And please remember, freedom is not free, and combat veterans are vital assets. They're not broken.